You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. Hey there, and welcome to today's show. You know, I've seen so many people assume that they'd found the key to success when they signed up with a mentor or a training program to help them establish their business, only to confess a few months down the road that the money was not well spent. So how do you choose the right person and make sure that your investment in mentorship or coaching is even right for the stage that you're at? Well, today I'm in conversation with Robert Riopel, the international best-selling author of Success Left a Clue. Robert is also a world-renowned trainer, an entrepreneur, and an app designer, and he's shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. So stay tuned for some absolute gold on this topic. And we have a copy of Robert's book for you at the end of the show if you want it, and I'm pretty sure you will. So, uh, Robert, thank you so much for coming in to have a chat today. I am I have been looking forward to this for quite some time now um, because I have been reading your book. So thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And, you know, I love that you're putting the pressure on right away, saying that you're excited <laughs> for the interview and that you've been reading the book. I'm like, oh, no, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now I've got you where I want you. I'm going to ask you all of the all of the really hard questions. But no, seriously, what I do want to dive into with you today um, is something that has come through in the book as something that you have had a, a, a journey with yourself and obviously been very fortunate in some instances. And that is finding and uh, deciding on mentors and teachers to guide you in a business journey. And this, um, the reason I want to dig into this is because I have seen so many people over the years who have, I guess, fallen foul of their own good intentions um, when they want to find somebody to teach them. But for one reason or another, the person that they choose is not maybe the right person for them. Is that something that you've come across? Is that something you can uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with? Yeah, you know, um, especially in the beginning, because today I look back and I go, having mentors in my life are so important. And it is critical because, look, unless you're like an Elon Musk, unless you're you know, someone like that or Jeff Bezos, chances are whatever you want to accomplish, someone's done it before you. But it's so true what you said when we were talking before getting record is that marketing, though, can really lull people in. And they think, oh, my goodness, like, oh, that person's got to be amazing. And so one of the things that I do now for myself, because I've had great mentors and I've had great mentors that just don't align with me. And so one of my number one rules with being, you know, finding a mentor is I will only now mentor from people who are in alignment with my values, with who I am as a person, who I want to be. Because I don't care how successful they can make me. If I have to try and be someone else or do something that I don't believe is, you know, ethical or I believe, mm -hmm. like it makes me feel icky. I don't know how else yeah. to explain it. Uh, I don't want to align with people like that. And so for me, it, because here, here's the role of, a, of a, a mentor as well to me. As long as it's legal, ethical, and moral. When I sign on to be mentored by someone, it's because I want to achieve something 
more in my life that they've already accomplished. And mm-hmm. so if they say, Robert, to get to the level I'm at, you need to do this. So mm-hmm. as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, I'm going to jump in and do it. I'm not going to sit there and go, are you sure? I don't mm-hmm. know. Really? I'm going to do it. So that's why due diligence is so important. Uh, and that's the, probably the biggest shift from where I used to um, be at finding mentors to where I am today. I will mm-hmm. spend a good amount of time before making a decision or an investment and not just money. I'm not just talking about money investment. I'm talking about the investment of my time, my energy, who I am. I will do my due diligence to really get to know, does this person resonate with me? So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I now go with it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, idea that it's not just about handing over a bundle of cash either, is it? This, You know, when they say that the transformation begins with the transaction, the operative word in there is begins, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. And, and look, I'm a big believer too that, you know, because I've experienced this from being a mentor myself, is I love to mentor people because in, in my book, as you've been reading, when it comes to mentorship, it's not just about who can I be mentored by, who can I model from? But it's at the same time asking yourself, who can I be a mentor to? Who can I be a model to? And a lot of people go, well, Robert, I haven't accomplished what you have. Or I haven't accomplished, I'm not at the top of my league yet. Maybe not. But there's still people who haven't come as far as you have that you can give to and you can mentor. And so when you're beginning, you know, I have no problem. And I love being a mentor to people at no expense. But. I've noticed over the years, and I imagine you have as well, is that the more people are invested money-wise, the more they will actually invest in actually sticking to something. Because mm-hmm. there is that side of it as well, is I, I love to mentor people, but if they're not going to put the work in that they need to put in, then is that a uh, value of my time? So it kind of goes both ways on that street and, yeah. and keep that in consideration. That investment is really not just, that's actually not handing over responsibility. You're not paying someone for a service in that way. You know, this isn't like getting a plumber in. You have got to do the work as well for that. Isn't that, that, I think that's fair, isn't it? Mm. Very true. And and, and especially when I go with what my definition of mentor is, because I know there's a lot of differences. And I I love to use kind of one of the titles of my book originally, originally, was not going to be success left a clue. It was going to be three, two, one, rich. And that formula stood for, and when I talk about being rich, I'm talking about not just money, but rich in all areas of your life. Mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. Because I'm a big believer that we are holistic. And the reason I was going to title it that was because I believe you want to have three coaches in your life. And that could be business coach, relationship coach, health coach, um, whatever it is. Have three coaches in your life, have two mentors, and be part of at least one mastermind. And so when I was thinking of that concept, I was like, well, what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? And as I did my research, it came clear to me that to me, a coach is someone who draws out of you what you want, asks you the questions, where are you at, holds you accountable. But a mentor is someone who's achieved what you want to achieve, and they're not there to coddle you and coach you. It's just like, if you want to get to where I'm at, do this, do this, do this. And so as an example, because I do, I've mentored thousands of trainers around the world. It's, it's my absolute passion is I love mentoring trainers. And when they come on as a mentoring student for me, it will be 
you they have to know up front because I do just as much due diligence on someone I'll take on as if I'm wanting a mentor myself. See, it is that two-way street. And so I won't just take money from someone who wants to mentor from me if I don't believe they're going to do the work. Mm-hmm. Because I will sit there and I'll say, look, here's one of the things you have to do. I want you to do this to get the practice. Because the biggest thing about, you know, in talking training industry, like being the top of any game, you've got to practice. So I'll give them specific things. And it it's basically is, here's what I need you to do. Here's the practice that I need you to put in. And don't call me until you've done it. See, I've got to put the responsibility on them to do it. And that's why I'm very careful who I bring on as a mentoring student. Because I'm not going to just take someone's money and say, well, I didn't hear from you because you haven't done what I said. I've got to make sure it wins both ways. Yeah. And so being able to um, step up to that plate as the person receiving mentoring, um, that, that in itself is something that we have to, if we loop back almost to where we started, if you don't know what your values are, if you don't know what you are trying to get to, if you haven't done that work to decide what your vision is, and you've just been sort of going, oh, I like the look of that, um, but it's not the burning desire, as uh, Napoleon Hill would call it, then yes. what's the likelihood of that partnership actually working out? Very low. And I would highly recommend start with a coach, someone who's going to kick you in the butt when you need it, someone who's going to hold you accountable and help you really kind of find what it is that you truly want in your life and what you're mm-hmm. willing to put the time into. And because when, and I've witnessed this so many times, when you're doing something that you are in alignment with, it doesn't matter. You're, you're willing to do it, even if you're tired, even if you're not feeling like it. You know, and so for me, when it's trainings, I just finished you know, the backdrop behind me um, a couple weeks ago. I did a two-day training where I was teaching in front of this camera for nine hours a day. And because my students were in Europe and Asia, I started at 4 a.m. my time. Mm. And you know what? I didn't sit there and go, oh, really? Do I have? I was like, I was excited. So I was up way early. And also it's afternoon for my students, but it's early morning for me. But no one knew it was early morning because I was so passionate about what I do. So it's mm-hmm. not an issue. That's, yeah. So that's kind of the fine line, coaching, mentoring. And so mm. most people start with a coach. Get that clarity. Find what your passion is. Now find the people in alignment with you that can help you mentor you to the next level. Because if you're not ready, it doesn't matter if you have the greatest mentor in the world. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Yeah, this makes so much sense in terms of this structuring. Because, I, I mean, I've seen people dive into the the mastermind end of the pond at, at the start. And it's it's quite clear that there's a lot of um, maybe they're not so much waving as drowning in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that, you know, once if, if the three, two, one is is a pyramid um, in, in terms of structure, then are, are you suggesting that coaching is the, the building block upon which your mentoring and masterminding can then go to? Build your business. Absolutely. Especially in the beginning. Mm. For people who, you know, are just getting started. You know, because mm. once you once you get started, like today, I have coaches. I have people that mentor me. And I'm part of more than one mastermind. Because mm. I love the power of the mastermind. You, you mentioned Napoleon Hill. And when in 1925, he first coined the phrase mastermind groups, you know, he, he didn't, in one of his first books, he talked about it, but it wasn't until... 
think he grew rich in 1937 when he expounded, here's what a mastermind is. And so, yeah, to, when I first heard about them, I didn't know what they were. And, and I had some coaches and then, but I, I thought a coach and a mentor was the same thing because I didn't have the clarity. I was just starting on my journey. Now I look back for the last 20 plus years that I've been doing this. And that's so clear to me that, yeah, that base was the coaching. It was mm-hmm. absolutely coaching, then the mentoring. And now I have all three points. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if, if we were to use um a mining analogy, I guess, that then, you know, that coaching is is really digging deep and trying to find what's buried in that mine and then bringing it out is your your next level and then you you polish it up and then maybe you set it in some jewelry that's your that's your mastermind i guess at the top yeah i love that analogy and that's absolutely true and and look i've made mistakes on mentors and you know what one of my mentors when i learned to be a trainer Mm -hmm. here's what i want people to understand you're going to make mistakes you're going to find you might get into a mentoring relationship and you may figure out that wow it wasn't the best relationship or it wasn't what i expected and what I'm going to recommend is don't try to think you're never going to have that. You are. You're going to, I make mistakes. But I don't beat myself up today about it because some of my greatest lessons have come from mentors that, I'll give you an example. One of my mentors, when I was becoming a trainer, gave me the best advice that I've chosen never to use. And that may sound odd, but had I not got this advice, it wouldn't have allowed me to move forward to who I want to be today in the way I teach. And what he told me was, he said, Robert, when you're on the stage, your audience can never believe they can be as good as you. And I looked at him, I'm like, okay, clarify. What do you mean by that? He says, well, you need a competitive um, advantage. So you've got to make sure that you give your students great value, but you don't want them to ever believe they can do as good as you can do, or else that takes your advantage away. And I looked at him and I said, respectfully, thank you, but I choose not to follow that advice. And he looked at me and he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, because something that you teach me is the power of abundance. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is universal principles. And I love the universal principle that says you will be paid in direct proportion to the value you give. So if you're telling me to suppress my audience and give them a lack mindset so that they're not truly giving all the value they can, just so I don't get outgrown, that's not what I want. I said, my goal is actually going to be the opposite. I said, I want my students to believe they can be greater than me. Mm-hmm. Because if they can get greater than me, then they have to help a hell of a lot of people to be able to do that. And that means that's a win-win. Because now they're helping more people around the world. They're going to make great money at the same time. And they're going to have a great life. And I feel good about that. So because mm-hmm. of that one advice, I could have easily went, oh, that mentorship sucked. It was terrible. But I look for what's the good lessons I take out of every situation. What can I yeah. learn from every situation? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's just the best, I think, self, self-discovery self there really, isn't it? That, you know, you have this um, above the line approach to giving and engaging and innovating with people. Um, and it's, it's being able to see the distinction between that and being competitive with everyone, yeah. which is unnecessary, isn't it? A cooperation versus competition. And I love, like right now I'm lit up. I'm lit up, I have full body goosebumps because I have so many students that have taken what I've done mm. and they've made me look, you know, in comparison, almost like an amateur. And I'm just, I'm their greatest cheering spot. 
I'm like, yes, because they've taken it to such a level because I know to get there, they've had to help a lot of people. So yeah, I, I use it as a way of just anchoring me in that uh, of why I love doing what I do. And yeah, I'll become that great cheering squad of people who need me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not stressed and, you know, like, oh my goodness, they did better than me. Oh, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, and just to tie one little um, loose string on that there. In terms of when people do make, and I use air quotes, a mistake in their choice of mentor, um, there's a, there, is, there can be a tendency to beat themselves up if it's like, oh, this per- I'm, I'm not able to do what this person wants. I'm, I just don't have it in me. Um, and there can be this, uh, I guess, yeah, beating themselves up and, and feeling like, well, I must be some kind of failure because I am not aligned right. with this person's success. But I suppose, again, this also takes us back to where we started really about finding <laughs> what it is. Is it All roads lead to Rome, don't they? They do. And, and look, this is why it's important to have growth-minded people in your life. People that are, um, they see in you what you're not seeing in yourself. People that you can have conversations with where if you're doubting yourself or going, well, I think I made a wrong choice. They can be the sounding board. They can be the sounding wall. You know, that's why it's so important. And, and one of the conversations that I have with every one of my mentoring students as well, it, it all comes down to context. What is the relationship going to look like up front? And one of the things, again, I, and I'm, I can only come from the experience of mentoring people in the training arena. Everybody in the training arena, I don't care who you are, they go through something I've called the starstruck state. And that's where also they get to a point where it's like, wow, look at me. I'm all that. You know, and, and they <laughs> go into the ego. And it's not a matter of will you get it or not. Everybody does. I don't care who you are. The question is how quickly you get through it. So one of the agreements I make up front with my mentoring students is I tell them, you know, we're paying for a year at a time that you're going to be with me, but it may be this year, maybe next year, don't know when it's going to be or for how long we continue our relationship, mentor-mentee, there's going to be a point where you go into the starstruck state. At that point, our mentoring is going to complete because when you're in the mentoring stage, that's the point where you're also going to believe I can't help you anymore, that you've got it all figured out and I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. And what I will tell them is that, you know, once you get through the mentor or through the starstruck stage, if at that point you want to then reconnect and grow again, then you contact me. But I want to tell you right up front, it will happen. And so I want you to be aware of that so that it's not awkward and weird at the time. Let me tell you right. Because when I help someone get, go from, maybe doing trainings in front of five, 10 people, also now they're on stage in front of hundreds of thousands, and all of a sudden they go to seven figures a year, it's very easy to all of a sudden go, everybody's telling me I'm awesome, I must be. You know nothing. And it's like, great, okay. At this point, I don't. So yeah. our mentoring's done. <laughs> Let you me know, know how your journey goes. It's so funny <laughs> that you should mention this because um, I was talking to a client the other day and she's a dance teacher and she was saying that, you know, some of her students come in and they are, these are adults, not kids. They come in and they are so shy and so painfully embarrassed to be there. And within a few months, they 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 move to the front of the class, you know, and yeah. eventually she sees exactly what you've just described. And they they absolutely think that they should be where she is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and, and the other thing is, you know, 
I guess kids go through that as well, don't they? That's where, you know, the oh. teenagers know more than mom and dad. And yep. we have to go through that and then come back to the relationship. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that is that has been fantastic, Robert. I am going to do something rather random here now because I'm just going to flick through my little bits that I had marked up in the book, if you don't mind, because there are about three or four that I just loved. Um, and I was marking those this morning. Ah, one of them is this phrase, success is not always convenient. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to expound on that one? Well, I, I never want people to believe that success is easy. It, you know, success is simple, meaning there's systems that you can follow, there's things that you can do that people have done before, mentoring from it. But you still have to put the work in. And it, it, it's not all... And I'll give you an example. Since you're in Europe, um, 2019, my first trip of the year, because of BC before COVID, I used to fly on average 200,000 miles a year around the world doing live trainings. And my first two trainings of the year is I was in Germany for the first weekend and doing three days. And when I do a training, I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day for three days straight with my students, full on immersion. And so I went from then Germany so Monday is always my rest day. After I've been on stage for three days, Monday is what I call freedom day. If I don't want to get out of bed, I don't get out of bed. That's my day to just do whatever I want to take care of me. And I flew then on Tuesday to Sweden. And I was going to be on stage the next on the Friday again to do the same three days. Well, I ended up back in 2009, I went through two back surgeries because I hadn't been taking care of myself in my early career of training. I was doing... All these trains where I was only on at home on average two days a month and all the hours on stage and flying and I wasn't standing properly on stage, I herniated the disc. Ooh. And so my health is much better now, but there's, and I'm very aware of my body, but there's times where my back decides to act up. Mm. And one of the greatest ways for me to lose my back is I go for a walk. I just start walking and as I walk, my back loosens up. Well, when I flew from Germany to Sweden and it's January, so it's, you know what it's like, the weather is like here in Canada, ice and snow. And I landed in, in um, Sweden and, and I made, I stepped the wrong way on some ice and I tweaked my back. And all of a sudden it locked up on me. And I knew I had to go for a walk. The hotel didn't have a, a gym or anything or a treadmill. Mm -hmm. And outside it was so icy, walking was making it worse. And so this now, Tuesday night, I had to make a decision because I had no want to take over the training for me. And Friday, I had to be at the top of my game. So I had to give my permission, myself permission to actually lay out flat in bed and do nothing for the rest of Tuesday, all of Wednesday, all of Thursday, oh. in the hopes that my back would uh, um, loosen up in time to do the training. And so when you talk about, because I made a commitment and my success is based on my word and my commitments. I committed I would be there. My partners had flown me there. I was there to deliver. And so if I didn't take care of me, and so it would have been simple to say, hey, I can't do it. Sorry, hurt myself. But I had made a commitment, so I had to give myself that permission to lay out flat. And for a person who doesn't like to stay still, that mm -hmm. was hard, I've got to tell you. And there <laughs> yeah. were many calls from my wife saying, why are you out of bed? I just sent you out of bed. No, honey, I'm not. Get back in bed. Relax. Yes, dear. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because we can be our own worst enemies. Yeah. So when it comes to success, you've got to put the work in. 
Don't just expect it's just going to come to you. That's going to be convenient. There's going to be hours you have to put in that maybe, you know, one of my mentors, great phrase that he taught me years ago. He says, you earn a living from nine to five, but you create your life from five to nine. And so when you go home from work, whatever your hours are, what are you doing for those next few hours towards really creating the life you want? That's the part that determines what you can create. And that, I suppose, is also where the success can be inconvenient for some people to have to um, to balance that properly and to balance that in a way that actually serves their yeah. their whole life rather than just the work life. Exactly. Yeah, a difficult task for some, I know. Uh, That's why a def- coach and mentor comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert, that has been absolutely awesome. Amazing food for thought in there, I think, especially in that last little chunk. Um, and I would certainly recommend, if you didn't catch all of that the first time, go back over it because there was a lot in there. Robert, I'm going to put all the stuff in the show notes. Is there anything um, or any particular way that you like people to get in touch with you or to find out more about you if um, if they choose to do so? Yeah, absolutely. I am on, uh, my assistant tells me I'm now on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, yeah, I've I, seen I, you there. <laughs> I, I, I'm good that I don't try to do everything myself because I'm not good at everything. But the easy, so you can find me on the social medias, but the easiest thing that people, you know, you are so gracious. So gracious to have me on your podcast and interview. My pleasure. And the fact that you took the time to read my book means so much to me. And uh, to me, time is one of our most precious commodities. And so, what I'd love to um, let your audience know is, as a gift from us for taking their precious time to listen to this, if they just go to my website, robertrealpel.com, is my name. They go to that website. They're actually going to be able to download the complete digital copy of Success Left to Clue as our gift to them for taking the time to listen. That is that is amazing. And that is so awesome. And guys, I really do recommend that you all do this. Definitely do this. This is this is a fantastic wee book. <laughs> Thank you. Robert, this, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And I'll chat to you on the other side. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast and just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.